0: Hi everyone and thanks for joining us on the very first episode of the MarkCloud Podcast. I'm Carl. I'm a senior consultant here at MarkCloud across account engagement, sales cloud, and marketing cloud. Um, I'll be hosting these conversations um moving forward. Hopefully I won't do too bad a job of it either. Um I'm joined today by Ellie. So Ellie, you're the very first team member on the very first MarkCloud podcast on the scale of one to buzzing. How buzzing are you to be here?
1: Um, completely buzzing. I can't contain my excitement, honestly, Carl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's visible as well. Um, cool. You can do a much better job of me than intro yourself. So why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and why they should be listening to you today?
1: Yeah, so I'm not sure I can say why they should listen to me, but um, just as a quick introduction, I'm a delivery consultant here at Mark Cloud, and I've got experience in both Sales Cloud, Marketing Cloud, and I dabble a little bit in account engagement. Um, and what I do is I essentially deliver the work that is set out by our lead consultants.
0: Cool. So it's fair to say that Sales Cloud is your first love when it comes to Salesforce, right?
1: Yeah, completely fair to say that. <laughs>
0: Cool, which goes well for this conversation then, because the topic we're going to be discussing today is for marketers that spend all their time in account engagement, maybe they don't have as much experience in sales cloud, Um, but there's certain things that they should know um, if they want the two systems to sing together and get the most out of this connection between account engagement and sales cloud. Um, So to start with, I know you wanted to talk to everybody today about the link between the prospect record in account engagement and the lead and contact record in Salesforce. Mm -hmm. So why don't we start there? What should they know about that sync relationship?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the most important things is knowing where is the data going to be in both systems. So fields from a prospect record in account engagement will sync to either a lead or contact record in Salesforce. Um, And you can choose which fields are going to sync between each on the systems. You can create a custom field on both if you want to kind of like data that's not standard field. Um, so there's lots of options here just to make sure that the data is reflected on both.
0: Cool, okay, so if we want the data on the prospect record in account engagement, we need to create that custom field and essentially link it to the correct field in Salesforce, right?
1: Yeah, and you will need to give access to that field to the B2BMA integration user in order to be able to set that
0: up, another key point. Cool. That's a very good point. Essentially, the B2BMA integration user is the eyes into Salesforce, right? So whatever that can or cannot see, account engagement will be able to see. Oh, yeah, exactly. Be able to see that. okay. Yeah. Cool. And you can do this at field level, right? Like yep. you can set the, the like the relationship between the two, like which one is the master, which one kind of wins the battle between the updates and all that kind of stuff. Is that right?
1: Yeah, Yep. you can set that up as well. Um, so a really good example of what for like would be driven by account engagement is like the email opt out field. So they should only ever kind of be sent across the sales cloud from the control of engagement. Um, so if it wasn't, then prospects could be trying to opt out, but their records won't be updating because Salesforce is reverting back to the original value.
0: Oh, That's a really good point, actually. And a cheeky little reminder for everybody that the June deadline to actually set the um, master of that field. So what you're saying is that the email opt-out field should 100% be driven by account engagement, right? So when prospects opt-out, it will update Salesforce. If it's the other way exactly. around, Salesforce would revert it back so there's never been a position to opt-out or opt back in.
1: Yep, completely right.
0: Cool, good for now. Okay, so yeah, everybody don't forget about that June deadline. We need to start that. Um, Cool. Is there anything else to be aware of um, in terms of field thinking, Um, like with blank values or anything like that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, So blanks will be reverting back to the system that does have a value. So if a current engagement is blank, um, but that's the master, but Sales Cloud isn't blank, then Salesforce will allow that update in Sales Cloud um, and revert it back to a current engagement. So this goes like for checkboxes as well, um, as a false value in Salesforce is still a value.
0: Uh, Okay, yeah, so actually having a null checkbox in Salesforce isn't actually truly null. It is a value of false. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's really good to know. Okay, perfect. Um, The next thing I know you wanted to talk about was the campaign object, which is a big object and probably the object that most marketers would be using in Salesforce that go to. Um, But I know you wanted to talk to them specifically about campaign member statuses and not just the campaign object. Um, So, yeah, why don't you just give us a little bit more detail about what you wanted us to know about campaign member statuses?
1: Yeah, so campaign member statuses are really important and it's not something that is given as much thought as it should be. So you are given a set of default statuses whenever you set up Sales Cloud. However, these can be customized to be more better suited for your system.
0: Cool. And should they be customized?
1: Um, I would say most of the time, yes. I think it's really beneficial to customize them, especially if some of the statuses aren't really applicable for what you need them to reflect. So I would say say yes to that one.
0: Cool. Uh, Could you give us an example of, like, say, why you would customize this? Like, is it based on campaign type or how would you customize them?
1: Um, So they're just whatever way you need to basically segment engagement within the campaign member list. Um, So, yeah, you can have a different set of statuses depending on the type of campaign that's being run. So, like, such as, like, events might have different statuses than an email campaign and you can customize both.
0: Ah, cool. Okay. Yeah, that totally would make sense. Like, I guess if you had a webinar um, campaign type, you would have things like attended, not attended, which obviously wouldn't make sense for an email campaign. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I don't think many people know that they can be customized. Um, So it's a, it's a good tip.
0: That is a good one. Okay, cool. So um, in terms of actually creating these campaign member statuses then, is that a manual effort? Do marketers or the Salesforce admins need to create these statuses each and every time a campaign is created?
1: You will need to manually create them up first, but then we can automate it going forward. So what we could use is a thing called a Salesforce Flow, and this will create a specific set of status statuses depending on the type of campaign you've selected, such as if you select it's an event or an email campaign.
0: Cool. Can you just explain to everybody what a Salesforce flow is? Like the mastermind, flow, what the flow what a flow is.
1: Yeah, it's just a way that you can build an automation to instead of doing anything manual in the system, a flow can do it in the background for you. So you'll set some entry criteria that will trigger the flow and then you can determine different outcomes depending on, like, for example, like the campaign type you selected.
0: Oh, cool. So you could set a criteria at the beginning of this flow that basically says campaign type equals webinar, then create these campaign member statuses if it equals email, create these campaign member statuses. Oh, cool. Okay. And I guess that would probably remove, I think the reason that people don't create these campaign member statuses is probably because it is something that they have to do each and every time. They so were forgotten about or, or not really given too much thought. But, um, what's the benefit of having the correct status? Like, if, if we were to look at a campaign record of, a webinar and all the campaign members that were part of that webinar, what's the benefit of having these statuses being a little bit more descriptive to the campaign site?
1: I think it just reflects like the interaction that the campaign members had. Um, it just increases your ability to report, to actually be able to determine like where your campaign member is sitting, like how they've interacted with it. Um, it just it just gets you more valuable data that you can use rather than having a status that isn't really applicable for what you need to see.
0: Cool. Okay, perfect. That makes total sense. And I think the other side of the campaign coin is not just campaign member statuses and how people have engaged, but we obviously want to tie opportunities and revenue and pipeline back to that campaign record as well. Um, so can you just um, talk to us a little bit about how we go about doing that?
1: Yep. So if you want to tie a campaign member to an opportunity, um, you would use a function at, function called contact role. Um this is really super important in, in order to be able to do that. Is where essentially, in a similar way to campaign member, you're going to add a contact as a contact role against the opportunity, and you can select a status of kind of the part they play in that opportunity. For example, if they're a decision maker, you can then reflect that on the record.
0: Cool. Okay. So you're essentially building like a, a view within the opportunity of the different members of the prospect team and what they're playing so if they are the decision maker if they're the purse uh, holder or anything like that and the salesperson can essentially build up this view of the team
1: exactly yeah and it's just really important for them even knowing who they need to reach out to as well kind of saves a lot of time on their end
0: cool so why should marketing care about that
1: well without this you can't Get the value of that opportunity linked back to the campaign um so yeah the process will go for being a campaign member and a contact role and these functions kind of tie them together in order to kind of report on it and determine the value the campaign had on that opportunity so it's super, super
0: important cool so then being a campaign member in a campaign in a contact role and opportunity that's effectively like the bridge between the campaign and the opportunity to be able to tie that exactly. back. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. That makes complete sense. So how do, um, what are some of the issues that we've had? Because this doesn't happen all the time, right? We've, I don't know about you, but I've been in so many client orgs where the campaign object is completely null. of um, like influenced revenue, close one opportunities, those fields are completely blank. So something's falling down there. So that to me would say that there isn't anybody as a listed as a contact role on an opportunity. So, can you talk us through how the ways in which we can attribute somebody to a contact role on an opportunity?
1: Yep. So, you can do this through lead conversion, um, you can create and like an opportunity from an existing contact record and that will automatically pull them through. So where this process could fall down is just by people forgetting to add in a contact role. So if they create the opportunity from the opportunity object or from the account object, they will need to manually input those contact roles. Um, And obviously if a user forgets, then that data is like not linked there.
0: Okay, cool. So when somebody converts to lead, um, you can obviously create an opportunity off the back of that lead conversion, right? So we're saying that Salesforce automatically adds them to a contact role um, as part of that opportunity, as part of that process.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's like a really good way just to make sure that you're always linking that prospect and then contact to the opportunity.
0: Cool. Is there any way that we can effectively stop that from not happening?
1: Yeah, so there's different ways you can customize the system. Um My favorite way is just to remove the ability to create opportunities from anywhere other than the contact object. So you can remove... The ability to create it from account or opportunity. Um, and that way, it's kind of a more streamlined process. Like the users will need to go to the contact record if they're not creating an opportunity on lead conversion. Um, and then the contacts automatically pulled through as a contact role. Um, so it's a bit cheeky, but that's my favorite way to make sure that's kind well, of
0: enforced. <laughs> okay. So what you're saying is you would completely remove the ability for sales to create opportunities from accounts. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So harsh. So harsh. Yeah. It's strict, but it works. Well, yeah, it, it will work. But yeah, you're. Uh, you, I can't see you being sales. Sales' is best friend after that, but never mind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll, get, they'll
0: get into a habit of just going to
1: the contact object, and then you know, after a couple of weeks, everyone will be happy.
0: That's true. That's true. It's just a change, just like change. I'll get back on board. It's fine. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that is a good point, actually. So removing the inability to create an opportunity from account ultimately forces us to create opportunities through a mechanism that will automatically add somebody to the contact role. Yeah. Which then feeds back to the campaign record.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the positive for, you know, the sales users is it's one less manual step that they have to kind of input there and then they maybe don't have marketing yeah. getting frustrated because the contacts weren't linked. So, yeah, it can remove quite a lot of, issues that could like follow just from forgetting that
0: cool i like it i think that's um that's one of my bugbears anyway when i go into Nog that they've got this function to be able to essentially look at a campaign and be able to tell what pipeline that campaign has affected one opportunities against that campaign so the fact that it's not being used is almost criminal but yeah i totally see your point that actually it should be criminal um, campaign (laughs) just <laughs> Does create campaign ROI automatically. So I like it. That's cool. But with then that brings us on to campaign influence as well. So um obviously with campaign influence, what we're what we're saying there is that we pick a model in which we want to look at the world of these campaigns, so whether we want to look at them as a the first touch. So if we run a first touch model, we're essentially through your way of doing it. We would see give 100% of the revenue to the very first campaign um, that brought this prospect or contact in. Um, last touch, what we can do is the reverse of that. So the very last campaign before close one, um, we can see that in the campaign record. Or even such which is the most common, um, if that campaign member or that contact is part of five campaigns, um, then ultimately that revenue from the opportunity will get split evenly across those five campaigns as well. So again, having that process in place like you just mentioned there where it doesn't fall down gives you that foundation to have campaign influence kind of running on autopilot really. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and like, there's different ways we can even define the criteria for influence as well. Um, so, oh, cool. for example, yeah, we could, you know, use a cutoff date for that first campaign to be attributed. So this could allow us then to use the first campaign, say, within 90 days of an opportunity being created, rather than always going back to that first campaign over all time that was attributed. Um, so that's probably, yeah, it's one of, it's one of my favorite mm. ways. And then there's different things we could do to even like exclude some criteria. So um, maybe certain campaign member statuses like, were necessary. So an example of this would be you might want to exclude those statuses that have just been sent an email um, as they haven't engaged yet. So, yeah, there's different ways that we can kind of tweak the criteria for influence on this. I
0: like it. That's a really good point and often misunderstood as well because without that cut off, what you're essentially saying is If I came in two years ago and then I suddenly become part of an opportunity, I, that first campaign would get some attribution, right? Without having a call.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Cool. And I like the, um, the thing with campaign member status as well, because campaign member status is like all created equal, right? So in your example there, in an email send, you would have a list of people that have just been sent an email and you would hope they'd engage, but ultimately some people won't, but it would be pretty remiss to, say okay this campaign has influenced that opportunity mm-hmm. when they haven't done anything right
1: yeah exactly and like excluding them can just get you a more accurate campaign influence result
0: i like it i like it a lot okay cool perfect which ultimately brings us down to um if we're imagining all these fixes as like a kind of journey towards the end goal the end goal being reporting and being able to see all of this data and Able to see it. So assuming that we've got contact roles right, which means that we can attribute revenue to the campaign, assuming that we've got campaign influence right, and assuming that we've got everything else set up correctly, um, what is it that you wanted us to know about the reporting side of things in Salesforce?
1: Yeah, so I mean the main difference between like our standard Salesforce reports and dashboards and B2BMA is that the Salesforce reports dashboards can only use the data that is in Salesforce slash sales cloud. Um, so that's a big difference. You'll have to make sure then that any account engagement data that you want pulled through to these report is synced over to a field in sales cloud, and then will be pulled through to the necessary reports. Um, so then what B2BMA can see that Salesforce reports and dashboards can't um, is that they have access to see straight into account engagements data as well. So the data will need to be mapped to a Salesforce field to report on, um, but yeah, it can directly access account engagement too.
0: Okay, cool. So even though it's a Pardot metric, technically mapping it to a custom field in Salesforce it becomes a Salesforce metric, right? So for Salesforce reports and dashboards to work, it has to have a home in Salesforce?
1: Yeah, exactly. It needs to have a home in Salesforce.
0: Okay, but the obvious um, um, area or gap there is things like visitor data, I think, and account engagement. So what you're saying is for uh, maybe Salesforce reports and dashboards work for custom fields that have already been mapped to Salesforce. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, if you get that think behavior right, that will be accurate. Um, But if it's anything outside of that, B2BMA is the route to go down, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Cool. Okay, perfect. I think all of what you've just gone through there highlights that there is this kind of um, compartmentalized approach of having a marketer and Salesforce. There should be like an admin between both systems, right? That understands both systems.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's really beneficial being able to have that. Um, like I know I would be lost if I didn't know anything about in engagement as well. So I always try to make sure I know both systems as well and how they interact.
0: Cool. Perfect. Well, we do have more information on these topics on our blog and we'll put more um, links to articles in the show notes and the show description and things like that. Um, but for now, Ellie, thank you very, very much for joining me today. Uh, really appreciate that. That was great. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.